don't wait because you think prices are going to go down by another 5 to 15%. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexhammer, and uh, thanks for joining me here today. This is another solo podcast episode and just going to be hitting on kind of some stuff that is really on my mind, things that are going on with the economy, uh, maybe more like a monthly uh, update that I want to be talking about. So first thing on my mind is, are we going to see a soft landing? We keep on hearing about a soft landing. Of course, if you listen to the pundits out there, the ec- the economists, the, the experts, um, the CEOs of top performing companies, all that kind of stuff. Everybody's got a different opinion. And so some people are going to say, Hey, yeah, we'll see a soft landing, the mythical soft landing, really like when does a soft landing happen? It never does happen. We always, uh, will go up. Then we have a recession, we go down and then we go up. And here's the, 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 I guess the optimistic part about any kind of recession is if you're nervous about a recession, or if you're thinking about a recession, here's the, the truth about recessions is that certainly they happen. But when you look at our economy and what happens, we have a very short down cycle. Okay. So we typically, our typical recessions lasting less than a year. Um, and then we see an upswing for oftentimes eight, 10, uh, 12 years. And so we're only seeing a downturn for a few years or for, for less than a year. Just, uh, and, and then we see an upturn, uptick, and that continues up. So with every recession comes a lot of opportunity, but uh, back to, are we going to see a soft landing? And like I said, there's really, there really hasn't been a soft landing, but we also have weird differences this time, like every time. Right. But, but this time, there's a lot of differences. We had a trillions of dollars thrown into the economy, just trillions of dollars. We had a bunch of uh, QE and, and, and we've had a, a global economy that we've never seen before. So we've got a lot of differences now than we've had in the past. And uh, certainly interest rates were at record lows for a, such a huge amount of time. And then now they they went up and we go, oh my gosh, they skyrocketed. They, 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 and they did, right? But they skyrocketed from practically zero to where they're at today, you know, Fed fund rates in the in the low fives, right? Um, 10-year treasury in in the fours. Um, and so it's different timing right now. We also have something I think is gonna play into kind of what happens here in 2024 and maybe even early part of 2025, we have a presidential election. That's sure to be interesting. And I think very, um, I don't know, controversial. Uh, It's going to pull out a lot of people's uh, emotions. You know, you've got uh, a lot of hatred against kind of both main candidates, Donald Trump looking like he's probably going to be the Republican candidate and Joe Biden, who is presumably uh, going to be the Democratic candidate, you know, the incumbent. And so you've got a lot of political potential unrest, um, anxiety, all that kind of stuff. I think 
both sides of the aisle uh, very much dislike each candidate. And, and that's going to be interesting how that plays into kind of the decisions in 2024 and the economy and what happens. My actual thoughts are it's, it's could kind of delay or stop, not maybe not stop is the wrong word, but delay uh, anything that, that comes. Um, so anyways, we got economists saying, man, we're going to see this recession. It's going to be a bad one. It's going to be really bad. We've got economists that say, look, we're not even going to get a recession. Like we're going to avoid a recession altogether uh, as we sit in the, in the near term, at least. Uh, and then you've got others that are saying, yeah, we'll, we'll see, you know, very mild recession, but it's, it's not going to be, you know, it's going to be nothing big. Uh, and I tend to believe that it's either going to be a mild one or maybe we even avoid one. And the reason I believe that is because, again, I look back at the typical recession. That's what I see. And I see that there's very few times in history that we've seen big recessions. The last one we saw was 2008. We haven't seen a recession since then. I guess kind of we saw COVID caused a recession, but, you know, call it what it is, technically a recession. But again, really short lived. But we saw 2008 Great Recession. That was damaging. That was that was bad. That lasted a long period of time. Then we saw the Great Depression. Okay, and so there was a big time in between where we saw a lot of garden variety, you know, smaller recessions. And that's kind of what I feel like. If we do see a recession, we're going to hit. But I'm not so convinced that we're going to even see a recession. And I'm preparing for one. And I think that's really important. If you're sitting here listening to this, you go, Hey, I, I want to prepare for a recession. I want to be ready for a recession, but I don't want to let the fear of a recession hold me back from moving forward, from making good investments, from making good business decisions. Um, I don't want to stop what I'm doing in preparation for a recession, but I, what I want to do is make my business stronger, make my finances stronger, um, and, and just in case there is a recession so that I can come out stronger out of that recession versus weaker out of that recession. Um, other things I look at as a CPI is, is strong, maybe, maybe too strong, which could lead to, uh, inflation problems, more, more problems. We've got, you know, employment is seemingly strong. Now I get, I, you know, I can kind of hear mixed things about it and see mixed things about it. When I look at our employment and our, our unemployment, you look and see who's getting hired. It's government and service jobs that are getting, uh, hired quickly. And the rest of the jobs are not so much. And we see the wage growth. It's again, it's government service-based jobs that are paid for by the government. And so it's government spending that's continuing to maybe prop up the economy, which is, um, you know, something to be maybe a little bit concerned about as we look at, you know, where the economy truly is. When we look at Amazon laying off a ton of people, you, you name it, a, a lot of companies name laying off people yet, we look at the jobs report and, and if you just look at it from a bird's eye view, you go, well, everything looks really good. Right. Uh, but then we got to think about, okay, well, how many jobs are full-time versus part-time, how many jobs are government, uh, and service-based that's based on the government spending versus, you know, actual, you know, manufacturing, construction, uh, product, serve, you know, goods and services that aren't 
government reliance. So I think that's something to definitely keep an eye on and be concerned about as we look at what's happening. Um, and then wage growth, wage growth is still strong. It's cooled uh, pretty considerably, but uh, you know, we're still seeing wage growth. So and, and of course, inflation, as we talk about what's going on, we got to talk about inflation. Inflation peaked uh, quite a while ago at, what was it, 9.2%, something like that. And we've seen a, a nice steady decline in inflation. Do we have inflation still? Absolutely. We're still in the, the low threes. Uh, we're still seeing inflation, but we're seeing cooling. One of the things that I look at it with the inflation data, and I look at that housing is a big part of that story. And when we look at housing, we got to look at rents. And we have to see that rents are actually very much a backward statistic. And so when, when I'm looking at the, when you're looking at the inflation data today, what you're seeing is that the rents aren't actually declining like they are nationwide, at least on the data. And so that's catching up, but we still got a little ways to go for that to fully catch up or obviously it never fully catches up, but it's going to continue to affect the inflation data. And I think that you're going to see uh, the inflation numbers continue to come down. In fact, my business partner was just at a um, an economic forum, and there was an expert there, and that expert has, um, you know, predicted according to him uh, and his charts, he predicted, you know, where inflation would go um, when it, when it was, you know, at kind of at its lowest, and then when it skyrocketed up, he predicted that pretty much right on as far as uh, where it went and then where it's gone since. And so he says, Hey, I'm, we can look at the data and we can look at what's going on in the economy. We can look at all these uh, statistics and, and say, this is what's happening. And he said, you know, with all the money that was put in the economy, we were able to really predict what happened. And in his opinion, we're going to see uh, potentially low deflation, in fact, by the middle of 2024, which then that takes us, obviously, we're seeing a recession uh, at that time, likely we're seeing a recession. Um, but he doesn't think it's going to stay there. You know, it's going to be a, a deflation and, and then that won't, that won't be very long lived. At the same time, that's going to drop interest rates. Uh Potentially really drastically, if the government sees that, they feel like they overcorrected, they could potentially drop uh, interest rates you know, drastically. I don't see them and calculate them to be back to that zero uh, mark or close to zero mark. But maybe we see the 10-year go from 4, uh, 4.3 right now as I speak today. Uh, maybe it ends up going into the twos. Who knows? Uh, that could be of huge benefit to any commercial uh, real estate owners that have you know, debt coming due this year, uh, they say, hey, we're going to refinance right now while we can, while the time is good. To into commercial real estate, are price declines over or are we going to see a lot of blood on the streets? And I think that's what everybody is waiting for and wanting to see. I just... Uh, was at a hockey game this weekend and was talking to a broker with CBRE. And he kind of also said what I feel like is going to happen is that, look, we're probably not going to see a lot of distress. These banks do not 
want to take properties back. And so they're going to do everything in their power to not take the properties back, to work with borrowers, to extend loans, to just kind of push the can down the road until rent growth can catch up, the NOI increases, and that borrower can eventually refinance into some permanent debt. Now, will there be some foreclosures that happen? I, I, yeah, absolutely. There always is. Will it be an outsized portion of foreclosures that happen that actually affect the market in a negative way? And my thought is the answer would be no. Even as we look at the mounting debt, we have you know trillion dollars worth of mounting debt that's gonna that's coming due in 2024. But if I look at the entire market and how much debt there is out there, it's just not that much. And then when you look at well, out of that trillion dollars, how much is short-term debt that was were properties purchased over the last couple of years? Well, again, just not that much when we look at overall how much lending there is out there, how many properties there are out there, there's really small portion of those properties that actually have the possibility to be distressed, unless somebody's doing a crappy job managing their property. Of course, then it's always a potential distress situation. But when I look at that, I say, what's well, spread over several asset classes, you know, multifamily, office, industrial, self-storage, all that kind of stuff. And it's it's really not as uh, as widespread as what maybe the press would like you to think. So in my opinion, commercial real estate prices have declined to pretty much the bottom. This is we're close to the bottom. Now we might see another, you know, five to fifteen percent, depending on your market from where you're at right now. But that's really not that big of a deal. That's very recoverable. If you buy a, a property today and the price declined uh, 5, 15% from where you bought it, no big deal. Yeah. Do you want it to, do you always want it to see it increase? Sure. But if you bought it with the right fundamentals, you're still cash flowing. Uh, you got good debt. You got a good, good market. You got a good business plan, all that kind of stuff. You're, you're just fine. I look, I look back to 2008. Back in 2008, 2009, all the way through about 2013, I was buying these properties and they were declining in prices. So I would buy, uh, you know, I, I think back of my very first property, bought my very first property for $65,000. Okay. Foreclosure, $65,000. I stuck some money into it. I, you know, I got it. Um, so I, I think I was all in for about $80,000. And that's me doing my own work. If, if I actually hired that out, it probably would have been more like ninety-five to a hundred thousand dollars. Well, that property at sixty-five thousand dollars at a foreclosure, at the condition that I was in, I was I bought actually a property just a just a few houses down the road. A year and a half later, I bought for fifty thousand dollars, and then you know another year, year and a half. After that, I was buying properties for $40,000 in that same neighborhood, very similar houses, comparable, right? And so my properties were losing value during that time. But did I care? Absolutely not, because I had good debt, long-term fixed rate debt, uh, not not nearly. Hey, by the way, the interest rates when I was getting them were like in the mid sixes. So uh, kind of what we're seeing today, but I had good long-term debt um, and I was getting 
good rents. Uh, the locations were actually not that great, uh, not as good as I would like to see today, <laughs> but uh, but certainly you know things looked bad if you looked at my portfolio through the lens of like an appraiser or a real estate broker that would say, oh, wait a second, you bought these properties and losing value. Are you sure you you know what you're doing? But yet I was cash flowing like crazy. And then within a few short years, I had a ton of equity built up. And so it made so much sense. Had I waited, had I said, oh man, look, prices are going to go down by another five to 15%. So, you know, ah, I got to wait. I would have missed out on all those deals. I wouldn't have been able to do one of those deals. And so I would have been sitting there for, you know, two years, three years probably and doing nothing, missing out on uh, literally probably, a, you know, 75 deals that I ended up probably buying during that period of time. And I would have been like, oh, crap, you know, I missed it. So don't wait because you think prices are going to go down by another 5 to 15%. We are pursuing properties. We don't have anything under contract right now, but we're pursuing properties. We're looking for good deals that make sense, that hit the fundamentals that we we really are, are searching for. Um, the, the other thing that's, in my opinion, happening right now. So I think if you can find a property that makes sense, that, that, actually pans out with the financing, a good location, all that kind of stuff that we talk about. And right now is a phenomenal time to buy because here's what's going on with the market. And this is different for every region in the country, right? So this, the coastal markets, uh, not the Northeast, but the Southeast, uh, the, the, the whole West Coast, Southwest, uh, well, I guess California's kind of been hit, but a lot of the South is seeing a massive housing boom, meaning they've got just way too many properties coming on market, way too many properties. And that's going to hurt them short term. So if you're sitting here in, in Phoenix, Arizona, and Austin, Texas, and Dallas, Texas, and Atlanta, Georgia, you name it, um, you know, a lot of the Florida markets too, and Carolinas and so on. Okay. But you're sitting there and you're going, crap, my rents are going down. My occupancy is, is lowering. Um, my costs are going up. You know, a lot of these markets have massive insurance cost booms, property tax booms at the same time as they've got rents declining and occupancy softening. And there you're, you're going crap, but look, if you can hold the property through that, you're going to be just fine because what's coming is the deliveries are shutting off. So we have record deliveries happening in, we had del record deliveries in 2023. We have record deliveries in 2024 and 2025 will start out in recordish territory, but that drop off like a cliff. And so by the end of 2025, we're going to have almost no deliveries. It's crazy how few we're going to have. We're going to have way less than our typical average. And we're going to be in the, in the same housing situation. If you're picking a good market that's growing, right? That's what you want to look for is you want to look for markets that have good population growth, good job expansion. And where honestly, where it's happening right now is states that... People want to move into 
ends up typically being in the South, but it's honestly, it's the red states and, and they're not trying to get political, but that's where people are seeing where they have to pay less in taxes. They're willing to move to those states, less in taxes, and that's where the job opportunities are. You know, again, I don't want to get political. I don't want to tell you it's because of Republicans or Democrats or anything like that, but it's the stats say that the top states that people are moving into are lower in taxes and, of course, higher in job creation, and that's where people are moving. And even if they're not as high in job creation, there's a lot more jobs that people can do remotely, and so they might be able to go move to that state because of the lower taxes, because of the better uh, quality of living. Uh, maybe it's warmer, it's near the ocean, whatever they're looking for. And that seems like it's what people are looking for. And so they're moving into these markets. So those are the markets you want to look at. Does it have good population growth? Does it have good job growth? Is this a market that's going to continue for the long term being a strong market? It may be soft now, but it's going to be strong in the future, especially, again, that spigot is just going to shut right off and we're going to see building plummet. Population will catch up and it'll be what that'll cause is it'll cause rent growth. It'll cause very quick rent growth. And so those markets are seeing rents decline. A lot of these markets are seeing mid single digit rent declines, something most people don't even talk about, right? They, they, a lot of people say that rents just never go down. Well, that, that is false. It's uh, history proves that that's false. I don't know where these lies come from, but they do. Um, we're seeing that in a lot of these high expansion markets. And that what that does though, with wage growth and population growth, what we're seeing is that now this affordability crunch that was happening is becoming less and less and less because you've got the wage growth, you've got the rent declines. And so tenants have the opportunity to now be going and moving into affordable housing, something they haven't been able to do for years, right? So they're going to be able to move in this affordable housing for several, for probably three, the next three years. And then we'll start to see the rents increase again. And you'll come from a very affordable place in, in many cases to then be able to raise those rents and still stay in their affordable range. We still got some good margin there. So that's what we're looking at is where are those markets? Do we want to be in some of those markets? Um, we are also looking in our own backyard, even though our own backyard doesn't quite have uh, those fundamentals. It also doesn't have rent decline fundamentals that are that are happening too. But we value our own backyard a lot because we see the efficiencies that we can create there. We see um, really just the value in being local as well. So anyways, some of my thoughts, my rambling thoughts on what's going on in the economy. We're excited, honestly, for 2024, 2025, the opportunities that are coming. I think it's going to be uh, great years to be investing in real estate, being in the market, buying real estate. I think it's it's going to take a lot longer term uh, outlook and approach into your investments, but I think it's going to be extremely profitable if you get into these properties at the right basis and can ride what's 
likely going to be the next wave. I don't know that it's necessarily going to be this big skyrocket right away. That's usually not how it goes. It's a slow buildup. Um, and that's the long-term approach that I think people are better off taking right now if they're getting in the market. So much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe, uh, give us a thumbs up, go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to venturedproperties.com, venturedproperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like, uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out. And, uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.